0: If you've got Crohn's or colitis, whether you're newly diagnosed or you're an IBD vet, this episode is the one to listen to. It's my interview with Karen Hobson. She's a mom with ulcerative colitis, and her IBD journey its one that you'll be able to relate to for her been there, done that, how to's, her inspirational message, but mostly for seeing what thriving with IBD can look like in your own life. I don't think that there's a CNC topic we don't cover. I love everything about this interview. So come on, join me. I know you want to. Here we go. You're listening to the Cheeky Podcast for Moms with IBD, a safe space where moms with Crohn's and colitis connect, explore powerful tools for healing, and transform our lives to thrive in motherhood and in life. Well, howdy, my friend, and welcome to the Cheeky Podcast. Happy almost July. Happy summer to you. There's so much challenging news that we're dealing with in the world right now, but we have to remember to just take a break from the chaos every once in a while. An important part of life is just embracing the little moments of joy. So I hope that today, I hope that you can just smile with me because because it's summer. Ah, summer. I pretty much love every season and I feel absolutely lucky because I live in a part of the country where I get to fully absorb and embrace all four seasons. But there's nothing like the start of a new season. The anticipation, the memories of seasons past, and the knowing that I've only got three months to truly embrace all the season has to offer. So I just better dig in and not waste a moment. So join me to just say a little, ah, because summer is here. Now, this episode, I have to tell you, it is one of my favorite interviews to date. My guest today is Karen Hobson, and as I'm sure you're going to see from this conversation, she and I could just go on talking forever. We have so much in common with so many of these little strange coincidences in our life that start with the fact that our mothers not only named us the same name, but then spelled our names with this weird Y in the middle and you'll see that's just the tip of the iceberg with all the connections we have in common. I think you're really going to just feel like you're a fly on the wall while you're listening to a really powerful IBD-centered conversation with loads of ahas And yes, that's me when you're raising your hand in in the air. Yes, that's me kind of moments. Let me tell you a little bit about Karen. She is an ulcerative colitis survivor and thriver. She has been married to her spouse for 23 years. Karen is a mama to three boys. She's a homeschooler, a former public school music teacher, and she currently works part time as a music teacher. Now, in this episode, Karen and I dish on the power of finding your tribe to help you get through the negativity and the naysayers who just don't get your IBD healing journey. We discuss how to balance being a good patient, and I say that in quotes, a good patient, with your own patient advocacy needs. We explore ways to put the pounds back on after losing weight on a gut healing diet. And Karen reminds us about the power of your mindset in working your way through this illness. We talk about embracing and owning the hardness of living your life on a gut-healing diet, and we get into the wrong way to react when IBD symptoms creep up. We also talk about how everybody has a thing and how UC is Karen's thing. We even ponder what it's like to have the name Karen in this day and age. Yeah, it is juicy, all of those things in this compact amazing episode I cannot believe that we covered all of this in our convo so grab a cup of tea Karen and I we were sipping ours while we chatted and enjoy my interview with Karen (music) Hobson Karen, my friend with a Karen with a Y who spells it just like me. Soul Sisters, I'm mm-hmm. so excited to have you. I, I, I'm just so happy because your story is just a story that everybody needs to hear. So that's why I wanted to have you on today. But here's where I'd like to start. I want to get into your story, but first I always like to ask: what is your favorite food? And it could be a clean food, it could be a A non-healthy food, maybe you could give us both. What do you like to eat? Are you a foodie, and what do you like to eat?
1: Yes, I am a foodie, and part of my story is I used to have an email address that was called Sing and Bake, and I used to love to bake, and I've been on the SCD for two years, so I had to learn how to rebake, and we'll get into all that, but I love me some butternut squash. Like, there's basically no way you can prepare it that I don't like it. I especially like it oven-roasted, but I believe I got it from you, or maybe I got it from... Um, Aaron from Crohn's and Colitis uh, Foundation. There's a new SCD res- um, resource guide of companies that co- uh, provide clean food. And froin, I'm not sure how you say this. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this ice cream. It's F R O, and it has like that umlaut over top E N or something. It's coconut cream and honey and vanilla, and it's frozen. And you can get it at Wegmans or Whole Foods. And I found that this last week, and that's amazing. Oh yeah, I-
0: I've had it. Yeah. That's really mm-hmm. good. I, there's one that's not SCD legal. I think it has chocolate in it. Okay. That's the one that I've tried, but oh my gosh, so, so creamy,
1: right? Mm-hmm. And you don't have to make it like any of you who follow the SCD or any of like, you know, specific diet pattern. So much of our food is things that we have to make ourselves. So anything that I can buy that's healthy for me, you know, that doesn't make my body react negatively is such a wonderful treat.
0: I love that too. I'm so with you. And you know, back when I started, there was nothing like that. It was make it from scratch or mm-hmm. you don't have it. So I'm so glad that you know what happened? Paleo happened. Yes. And when paleo happened, then all these other things came out of the woodwork. And now we have ready-made food. And I don't know, I'm just all over that.
1: It's such a treat. It feels like, and they're always more expensive. Like this little container of ice cream is like, I think I got it on sale for 3 dollars which I was super excited about. But You're going to pay for healthy food. That's just how it is.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're going to pay more for it, but it's so good. It's so wonderful and it's worth it. Right, and I think it helps them. my
1: mindset Karen that it's a treat, right? Before yeah. if you get the ice cream for $1.99 you're like bring it on, <laughs> have as much as you want versus like if you've paid $4 for a pint of ice cream you're like we will make this into 5 servings. Like That's,
0: you're going to make it last. Right. right. You're going to be more intentional about eating it. Mm-hmm. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's start at the <laughs> beginning. Okay. So, here's what I'd love for you to do to start. Karen, give us a picture of I, I, I mentioned it in the bio already, but you have ulcerative colitis yes. and what was life like for you before you got colitis? Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering, do you feel like it was a phase in your life when you had extra stress? Do you feel like you were having some other health challenges at the time? Were you experiencing motherhood stress or was life just hunky dory? And then all of a sudden, bam, you were diagnosed. What was your life like just prior to your diagnosis?
1: Um, it's fascinating because hindsight is twenty twenty. It is amazing knowing what I know now and looking backwards, I can see all these triggers that were, you know, making the perfect storm in my body. So to speak, um, I had had two children at that time and I had started getting like GERD symptoms. And so I was seeing a GI about that, but then the next history thing that happened in my body was chronic sinus infections chronic like for over a year i was on antibiotics trying to clean it up clean it up clean it up clean it up and then i had a sinus surgery to expand my sinuses which was very productive and very helpful and i no longer have the sinus issues but ah six months later she gets diagnosed with ulcerative colitis
0: ding 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 ding
1: yeah so i also do have a family history of what my parents would say they have quote unquote sensitive guts um my mom has ibs not officially ibd Um, my dad whenever my parents would get stressed they would you know end up in the bathroom kind of a thing i also had lactose intolerance that presented in my middle school years so i always knew i had kind of a sensitive stomach and before so i wouldn't say that it was any huge stress issue i really attribute it to overdose of antibiotics killing everything off that was good in my body. And interestingly enough, I am a person who study struggles with allergies. And since I've gone on the SCD diet, the specific carbohydrate diet, I don't have any issues with that anymore. So your body presents in inflammation ways and in other ways as you have taught me. Um, so the just the, I think chronic inflammation, and then, oh, it's so tricky because your story is forward and backwards and you know, it's all fluid. I try to tell it in a linear fashion. So when I was first diagnosed, I wouldn't say I was abnormally stressed. I was a busy, active mom with um two great, I guess maybe I had the third by then. Three great boys. Um I was homeschooling. I was n- not having any marital difficulties. Like everything was good. So I don't think it was stress. I really think it was drugs <laughs> of the antibiotic yeah, variety Yeah,
0: yeah. We talk a lot about this podcast as you just alluded to about this three-legged stool, right? Mm-hmm. The genetics and the environment and the trigger. And you just took us through that whole, you just yep. took us through the whole thing. So one of your root causes is clearly the antibiotics that you Absolutely. took, or it was there, right? I hear what you're saying. I had a sensitive belly. My parents had sensitive bellies, but pull that trigger. And yep. now you've got the perfect storm. Yep. So you're at the doctor's or you're in the hospital. Where are you when you get this diagnosis?
1: So we are avid road trippers. My husband and I love national parks and we take our babies on big road trips. They're not babies anymore, but I call them babies. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Tell us the the age of your kids. uh, 16, 14, 10. And so I remember we were on multiple times. We've been like hiking or different things. And I was like, I have to go right now. Like, and I didn't know it was coming. So that sudden sense of urgency and you're in the middle of nowhere, like you're hiking just somewhere randomly. And, um, so my husband kind of teases me sometimes, like I left packages at national parks, like, um, cause I just, I had to go, there was nothing I could do. And I was like, you know what, this isn't normal. This isn't right. So. One of the other things you and I share in common that the listeners should know is that we both have mamas from the medical background and both of our mamas not only named us funny, but they've <laughs> also taught us to be our own self advocates, that we are the boss of our bodies that um, I was talking to my mother about it the other day. I said, Mom, is it OK if I mention you on the podcast? She was like, absolutely. And, I, and she verbalized it that she wants she's a nurse practitioner. She wants her patients and people that she speaks with to know. Doctors are smart, doctors are trained, doctors are wise, but doctors are human and they make mistakes, and you have to live with whatever decision doctors make. So, you ultimately need to be the bottom line. Like, if a doctor says you have to have surgery, you don't maybe have to have surgery. That's what the doctor recommends. But what do you think? Because like we talk about the Wheel of Wellness, they don't know all the facets of your life. They don't know your home life. They don't know your work life. They don't know, do you have time to do rehab properly? Or, you know, they don't understand all of it. And so I cannot stress enough to listeners, the Wheel of Wellness is a thing. Karen knows what she's talking about (laughs) when she talks about it. So definitely be mindful of that, that you are in charge of your body and that, you need to be comfortable with whatever decision doctors are you know honestly you hire them they work for you and you have to be comfortable to fire them sometimes and that also does not mean you have to go nasty and you and i our names are spelled the right way k-r-y-n we are not like that internet thing k-r-e-n we're not that (laughs) i was wondering if we were going to get into that (laughs) but we're not that's so not us like that's like you know what
0: you know what's really funny, Karen, is this is a digression, but so often people named Karen will be asked, how do you feel about that whole Karen thing? You know, I, you know, what a time to have the name Karen, but you just said it like, I don't really associate with it. Cause I don't feel like that's my name. It's not my name. Right. Mm-mm. I'm with a Y I'm totally <laughs> anyway. I'm sorry, but yes. no, no, exactly. But
1: The whole idea, like you can challenge your doctor respectfully, you can say, I just had a perfect example of this, Karen. So you did your podcast a couple of weeks ago, like how to have a great colonoscopy. And part of my story is about colonoscopies. We'll get there. But I'm getting ready to have another colonoscopy next month. And so I didn't want to use Go Lightly because of what you had said, the quantity and blah, blah, blah. my so sister friend. I was um, opting for the Miralax uh, prep. But my doctor said, that's what you had last time. And it didn't go well. And I was like, you know what? You reminded me of what I didn't know. Thank you. But I asked the question and I was so proud of myself because I felt like, oh, there's going to be conflict and I'm not being a good patient. And, oh, is that the right thing to do? But I was like, you know what, I just, I need to ask for my own peace of mind. And she was very gracious and very understanding. And it was a great relationship. I think it's important just for your practitioner to know that you care about your own, that you are thinking about it, that you care, that you're an active participant in getting healthy.
0: You bring up such a good point. And, and I know that in our head, we all know this, but something happens when we go to the doctors, mm-hmm. we have all, we have a list of things, we have everything we want to do. And then we go there and it just goes out the window. Cause we, I don't know, we feel like we're challenging what they're saying or and it's not anything that anybody's taught us per se. Right. But something happens in our brain that we just feel like, I, well, that's what they said. That's what I have to do. Mm-hmm. So, and I think it's it's not an all or none. It's something we just have to continually work at. Because I know for me, I've been doing this for years and years, and I know that I should be my own advocate. But there are some doctors that I'm intimidated by. Yep. So sometimes it's a process. Sometimes sometimes I do well with it. Sometimes I don't do as well. And we, we talk about being a B-plus mom. And that's part of being a B-plus mom. <laughs> sometimes you're a B-plus patient. Yes. So you have to allow yourself to, you know, to falter there because you're going to, and it's a continuum. It's not a, I'm here. And then all of a sudden I'm there, you can give yourself time to get to that place. And I'm, you know, so many years out and I'm still working on it.
1: I think another thing, um, I know you've done podcasts before about how to pick a practitioner. Something I love about my practitioner is she is a queen on portal. She and I email back and forth all the time. So like you're saying, I go in there with my questions. I'm well prepared. But you know you leave there and you have this nagging like, oh, I should have asked that or I should have thought about that. I love that about my practitioner. So if you are considering switching practitioners, I would recommend putting that on a list of desirable traits. Like, are you reachable via portal? Like, can I email you my questions? And my doctor is great about that. So I, if I ever have to switch for whatever reason, that's going to be like, on my top tier criteria for finding a in this day and
0: age, you absolutely have to have a doctor that's on their portal and even telemedicine as well in mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. after COVID, because I have clients that will tell me, I just, I feel like I can be more of my own advocate when I'm doing telemedicine versus being there in the office. There's something about it that just makes me nervous. And yeah. I'm not saying you can conduct all of your appointments that way because you do need to go in, but occasionally it's okay to do that. And especially if you feel more empowered doing Mm -hmm. it that way, I think, yeah, I think you bring up a good point. Have a doctor that has a really good portal system and that they actually read it and they get back to you (laughs) (laughs) because you can have a portal system, but not get back to your clients. And then, you know, maybe even the telemed system, if if that is what helps you feel more like your own advocate, that you can talk to your doctor a little bit more as equals, then that's important as well. Mm-hmm. But I want to ask you, because I know a colonoscopy was really crucial to where things went for you. So I want to ask you, because again, you, have, you had the colonoscopy, you have the, another one coming up. What was that first experience like with the colonoscopy? And then what did that lead to for you?
1: Okay. So actually the colonoscopy that we talk about in um, my world with Karen Haley, it was in March of 2020. So like think two weeks prior to COVID, right? So we kind of knew COVID was happening, it was brewing, but I wanna back you up a little bit further. January of that year, my shoulder was bothering me constantly. So I was in physical therapy for my shoulder. At this point in my life, I knew I had ulcerative colitis, it was under treatment, I wasn't having symptoms, I wasn't having diarrhea, I wasn't having urgency. I mean, I felt like I was doing pretty good, I just have a messed up shoulder. In hindsight, I think my inflammation was crazy and my doctors, my labs would show me that my um, C-reactive protein was at 29 at the time. And so then in March, I had a colonoscopy. Did my prep, everything was fine, everything was normal. As she did the colonoscopy, she found that it was now indeterminate colitis and she was concerned it was moving towards Crohn's. Um, so she found some granulomas. And these are words that I'm throwing down like I know what I'm talking about, but really not. I want your patient, your you know, the people that listen to know that, like, I just kinda know the words, I don't really totally know what they mean. I know they're bad. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And so I went home, I was fine that night, I ate some dinner with my family, I went to bed, I woke up in the middle of the night with a fever and I felt horrible, horrible. I started shaking. I, I think I started having terrible abdominal cramping. My husband had gone to work that morning and by like 7am I called my mom who thank the Lord lives close and she came over and I'm literally laying on the bed just saying I want my mommy. I want my mommy and I'm 41 years old at this time. So she was like, baby, we need to go to the ER. You are not right. And my mom, um, works for, uh, our university system of medicine and we didn't go to that hospital, but my mom is knowledgeable. So she's not like one to just pull the gun and be like, oh, let's go to the hospital. She was concerned that they had perfed my bowel somehow in the uh, procedure. They didn't. Um, We did cat scans. We did all these kinds of things. Um, So coming out of the colonoscopy, I was insanely dehydrated because that's what happens. And I ended up being in the hospital for 24 hours and they never really knew what happened. They don't have an answer for me. I didn't, um, I think they did give me heavy duty antibiotics in the hospital just to prevent any kind of infection or whatever. But they just kind of sent me home saying, okay, hope that doesn't happen again. And I just have to
0: stop you because what? So many people are listening to
1: this right now, saying that's
0: me. They're raising their hand and they're saying that's me because I cannot tell you how many clients that I've had, and I I, I don't have the better medical background to tell you why this happens. But I have so many people who will have the spike, this fever, and feel horrible after a colonoscopy. So I just want to normalize. I just want people to know that you're not alone because it mm-hmm. does happen
1: to other people. But I also had had pre two previous colonoscopies that went fine, right? So. I don't know. So, um, so that was March of 2020. And then the world shut down a week and a half later, basically, right? And at that time, my doctor was saying, okay, let's start biologics for you because we think your disease is progressing. And I was like, well, that sounds really dumb because there's this pandemic going around and you want to suppress my immune system? Mm. That sounds dumb. I don't think that's a good idea. And I have um, other friends in my life who have Crohn's and one friend in particular, we had a Zoom meeting, my husband and them, and they were saying, don't go on Humira. If you could do anything, like he personally has had really bad side effects with it. So that really drove me to thinking, what other choices do I have? Because my mom's in my head saying, you're the boss, you're the boss, you're the boss. And I'm like, I'm not doing that, I'm not doing that. Um, so then that led me, I have to give props to my practitioner. She was the one who told me about the specific carbohydrate diet. She said, okay, I understand you don't want biologics because of the pandemic. You can try this crazy diet. I've never actually had a patient to do it. I've heard things about it anecdotally. I know of it. There's not a lot of research about it, blah, blah, blah. So, um, Karen, you and I are both homeschool moms. And when I go at something, let's do this. Like, <laughs> so <laughs> you're I you're all log. And, um, which is,
0: you know what, I think the only way you can do the specific carbohydrate diet, really.
1: Yeah. So I started April 15th, 2020 and I love it that, you know, your day, your
0: anniversary
1: day. Hello. (laughs) Yeah. Love it. Um, and I started and it was probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. It was so hard. I laid in the bed for like three days as I'm doing the broth introduction thing, because I was a sugar mama beforehand, so okay. I think the sugar detox was insane. Like I read at that time um, that sugar detox can be as hard as crack cocaine. Like, right? I oh, know it's that's an, an addiction. Answer. Yes, and yeah. I didn't know that I was a bad addict. Like,
0: have you seen that documentary? I think it's called Fed Up. No. Oh my I gosh, it's, it's so good! That. It's so good, and it shows the scientific evidence behind cocaine and it shows sugar on your brain and cocaine on your brain and how it's either it's been a while since i've seen it's either no difference or the sugar is higher our listeners can tell me better but yeah you should definitely watch it it's called fed up if you haven't seen it find that documentary it is so
1: good so good um so Through all this researching and everything, I find the fabulous, wonderful Karen Haley on the internet, which was life-changing because you held my hand through the whole thing. It was amazing, like there is no way that I could have done this because it was so overwhelming. And I'm a researcher, not as much as scientifically as you are, I'm more like, hey, talk to me, tell me about this thing, kind of a person to person. And so that's what I loved about working with you is that you held my hand, you taught me what I was asking for, because learning SCD or any diet can be like drinking from a hose, like a fire hose, it's just so much information. Um, like I can't remember the first time I went to make the yogurt, I was like, you have to take all the children out of the house. It has to be silent. I can't (laughs) even like get out of the house. Me and this instant pot are going to figure out this yogurt. Like we'll get it.
0: I love it, Karen. That's so great. I love it. Cause it's so different. Like now you're like, it's so simple, right? right?" But when it's so different from anything you've ever done before,
1: Mm -hmm. you really
0: have to give yourself grace and time Mm -hmm. to figure it out.
1: Well, and it's and it's the weightiness of I'm working so hard. I do not want to misstep and eat something with sugar or eat something that's going to make me have a reaction or I just don't want that. I'm working too hard.
0: <laughs> yeah, there is that part of it too. You know, if you read Elaine's book, she talks mm-hmm. about fanatical adherence. Yep. And I'm like you, Karen. When I first started it, I remember having anxiety about... <laughs> If I, what if I do this one thing wrong? Like, I I was almost afraid to do anything because I was so afraid I was going to do something wrong. But Mm -hmm. you know what? Let me just dispel that right now because you are going to do something wrong. Yes. And it's okay because you will recover. It'll be okay. You will get things wrong in the beginning and it's okay.
1: Well, and I think also working with you throughout, it's almost over two years now. um, I haven't found the exact date when we started working together, but I want to say it was like spring, summer of 2020. Look it up. It, yeah, it's, it's
0: right after COVID started. Yes. Yeah,
1: And in that time period, um, there's been different phases of it. So I would encourage people who, maybe who are d- wanting to dabble in it, like to reach out to you to do a free consult. People who have been doing it, but they're just not getting those results, To contact you to to you know people who've been following SCD but now they're ready to move beyond but they're scared because you've had to like shove me off that ledge a little bit be like okay try some chia seeds you're gonna be all right (laughs) like you're not saying go eat cotton candy and French fries at the fair (laughs) with your family like right
0: right
1: but that fanatical adherence makes me think chia seeds are cotton candy you know you're
0: like oh right so that's not on the
1: list we shouldn't eat that like yeah I that was me too for two years
0: I didn't deviate (laughs) for two. Years, because I was yeah. so worried if I just dip
1: my toe out, all hell's going to break loose. Well, and I'm going to be back in the bed drinking chicken broth for five days. Like, Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of scary, but... You know, it's in, yeah, so it's about, you know, it could be me or it could be somebody else. It's about working with someone that you can really kind of say, hey, this is what's going on with me. Mm -hmm. And what do you think? Is it time? Because you really need somebody to bounce those ideas off of. You can't, you just cannot do the SCD alone. I'm telling you, I couldn't do it alone. You could not do it alone. It is
1: really hard to do alone. And in my wheel of wellness for that aspect, obviously you are like the linchpin, but my family obviously came on board. I did it differently. I know you recommend for everyone to cook the same. That was a battle I wasn't going to fight with my people. So for the last two years, I've been cooking two different meals. The last, I would say like three months, I've been dabbling with how can we do it? For me, it was like rip the bandaid off, cold turkey. I'm doing SCD. But now I'm at this place where I'm trying to incorporate in with my family foods and things like that. And I know you said it on the podcast, thank the Lord. I have three very close friends, some in-state, some out-of-state, who also have special dietary needs. And they're my people that we share recipes with. They're the people I call with the, I need people in my corner that, oh crud, I have this buffet coming up, this school function, and I'm going to be the one with my little stupid backpack of food and I'm going to feel weird. And Mm -hmm. you need a tribe. You need your people because you'll have those naysayers that are like, oh, just eat the pizza. It doesn't matter. Oh, are you one of those people? And this is the funniest thing, full circle. I used to be a, like, (laughs) anti-gluten hater. I used to be that person, like, gluten gluten, Like
0: If you don't have any problems, you don't get it. No. And so that's why you have to, you absolutely have to. You have to have those people in your corner
1: Mm -hmm. who get it.
0: Otherwise, Mm -hmm. you'll give up because it is so hard to do this alone.
1: Well, and you, I mean, when I'm at the soccer banquet, I feel like the odd man out. But in my head, I'm picturing those girlfriends in you. And I'm like, I have my cheerleaders on your the shoulder head. there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like those little yeah. angels, yeah? like the right. angel on your shoulder. Right. Yeah. We're not having this alone. I have my people. Yeah. It's okay.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. And so it just takes time. It just it takes does. time. I remember doing it for the first time, feeling so embarrassed. And mm-hmm. so like getting beat red. And I have my little lunchbox and I'm at the buffet at some birthday party. And I was, I just felt like I was, such a yeah. standout and nobody really felt that way. I mean, you know, yeah. nobody, most people do. I find when people ask, yes, there are those uh, naysayers who say, Oh, who cares about gluten? It doesn't affect you. But there's also people who are just interested.
1: Mm-hmm. They just, mm-hmm. you know,
0: and they may come to you later on and say, you know what? Yeah. I think I have a problem. Can you help me?
1: Yeah. 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 It's very interesting. And there's a progression, right? Like this last event I just had to be at I was like, you know what? I'm going to eat ahead of time like Karen taught me, and I'm just going to socialize. Like, I'm just not going to eat. And it was fine. It worked fine.
0: Yes, that is a great point, too. You have to make those social occasions about more than food. And for me, you can tell us how it was for your experience. But for me, that was so hard because I was Karen, the food, the girl Mm -hmm. who brought food to every occasion. Karen, the girl who cooked these gourmet elaborate Italian with pasta galore and bread galore meals that was me that was my identity Mm -hmm. so to have that stripped away I didn't know who I was and neither did my friends they were like who is this new healthy person but thankfully I have wonderful friends that who they they came on board and I taught them how to make spaghetti squash and I taught them how to work with almond flour and yeah so it worked for me but it does take
1: time it's just an adjustment and that's the thing that's so helpful with working with a health coach. Like, your GI isn't going to talk to you about that. Like, if your GI even suggests a dietary plan, that's great, you know? But the the coming alongside, like, my girlfriend, like, teaching me how do I manage these things, those kinds of things, like, that's the kind of services that you've given me and tools you've given me that you're not going to find somewhere else. Unless you have a girlfriend who is, like, as knowledgeable as you in SCD world, which I don't think they exist, but... <laughs>
0: You're too kind. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So now I want to ask you, we talked about kind of like the logistics of how this is happening and the practicalities of how you fit it into your life, both emotionally and physically. But now I want to know, what did it do? What did it do
1: for your colitis? Okay. That's so awesome because I was going to tell you my number. So remember back in January of 2020, my C-reactive protein, am I saying that right? I think I am. C-reactive protein? Yeah, yeah. Yep. I'm good? Okay. All yep. right. So that was 29, which it's supposed to be less than 10. And as of last month, it was one. Holy cow.
0: Mm-hmm. One. 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 Oh my gosh.
1: And my GI doctor's like, wow, that's a thing. Because we have changed no medication. We have done nothing with medicine. I've not gone on biologics. I do take misalamine, four tablets a day. Um, which is supposed to be more of like an intestinal topical thing is what I understand it to be. It's not nothing with my immune system modulating that. Um, so yeah, all through diet, Karen Haley, 28 points we saved my friends. Isn't that amazing? And more (laughs)
0: importantly, you feel
1: great. Yes. Yes. I think another thing, because when I wanted to talk with you today, I went through my labs and history and things. Something else I really want to share with people, if they choose to do specific carbohydrate, paleo, whatever, is the weight loss is real. Like that was a terrifying part of it. Because I dropped about 15 pounds and you and I are both like slight stature, you know, small women, And so when I dropped that much, I literally was on the border of malnutrition, which was scary. Um, but I, then also in my wheel of wellness, I introduced a nutritionist and then she and I worked on adding some, you know, higher protein foods like chia seeds and, um, eating more avocados and eating, talking more about, uh, quantities of food and like, don't just eat vegetables when you're hungry. Don't just eat fruit when you're hungry. Um, thinking about more nutrient dense caloric foods has been helpful as well.
0: Yeah, there's definitely ways that you can. Put the pounds back on. You may never gain where you were. You you may never have you. Did you get back to I'm where you were? I'm back are?
1: to. I'm just shy about five pounds, seven pounds. Okay, I'm okay. I always now. tell people
0: it's like within five. <laughs> that's what I always see. Like you'll lose. I I usually tell people about ten, but you lost mm-hmm. fifteen. Um, and then you'll gain, you'll slowly gain it back. It does have to be intentional though. Like you can't just, yeah, you have to figure out what's going to work for you, whether it's the high caloric foods or the, um, the amount of the food you eat or increasing your good fats. Some Mm -hmm. people can't tolerate that. So they have to do it in other ways. So there are ways to increase that, but yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, when you take away all those carbs, you're going to lose weight that's why i like when i work with people i like to actually build them up to the i like it when they come to me before they start scd yeah. we can do it after but it's helpful if they come before because then i can build their body up help them gain a few pounds mm-hmm. for the weight loss that i know is going to come because it's yeah. inevitable
1: it's also weird as a woman karen like when you are at that like borderline um malnourished thing you're kind of like, I'm really thin, you know, like our whole Western world of like, maybe this is good. And you're like, no, it's not good. Like, yes. and then as the weight comes back on, you're like, well, should I lose more? Well, should I? you know, it just makes you crazy. And you're like, this is nuts. <laughs> yeah, you can't
0: get away from the whole body image thing that is all wrapped up in it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you just have to kind of run your own race. And for me, that means that I don't get on the scale. Like, I don't want to know a lot of, I mean, I have clients that are on the scale every day. They want to know their weight. Mm -hmm. I don't want to know my weight. I Mm -hmm. just want to know how do my clothes fit? How do I look when I look in the mirror? Because I don't want to know that number. It's just not, it doesn't, it doesn't help me. I know it helps some people. It just doesn't help me. So everybody has to find the way that works for them, you know, and I had to be okay with people would say to me, wow, you've lost weight. And and they didn't say that in a nice way. They weren't. Right. Right. (laughs) I was already thin to begin with. And I had to get, I had to come up with some responses for like, well, yes. what do I say when somebody says that? And most of the time it was, um, that's, you know, let me tell you about the specific carbohydrate yes. diet because actually I feel great. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I feel better than I did when I was 10 pounds heavier.
1: Yeah. We had close family friends that wanted to take my husband aside and be like, what's going on with her? Like, <gasps> oh my gosh, he has lost so much weight. Like multiple family and friends were like super concerned, but it was normal, you know, it was just the process. But I just want people to know that that is a thing to be expected. But it's just another part. And then there's times when I use the scale, there's times when I won't, you know, you just kind of mess around with it. Like, where am I in my headspace? And I'm yes, like, you with yes. The clothes
0: let yourself be where you're at, at that time. Mm -hmm. If, if the scale is what is the motivator for you, go for it. And if you don't want to don't, or just whatever, whatever works for you, you have to figure that out on your own. Knowing like what you said, Karen, is that sometimes that's going to change. It's not always going to be the same thing. I'm wondering with regard to the SCD, Mm -hmm. how long did it take you to feel like it was working?
1: I would say within 30 days, like it was rapidly different. So part of my story that we didn't really touch on yet is once I had been diagnosed in 2015, my husband and I would go out for dinner and I knew I had dairy intolerance, right? So I knew to stay away from dairy, but we have so many dates where we had to leave because I had to go to the bathroom, like overdone with my mom gave us this amazing gift card for like this fancy, fancy restaurant in the city and I got terribly sick. I was pregnant at the time. So you're like, is it pregnancy? Is it IBS? Like, what is it? Who knows? Um, But that's another trigger that I knew my disease was progressing like 2015 to 2020-ish is like, you just never know. Like I'm gonna eat X and I might feel great. I'm gonna eat X again and all heck's gonna break loose and I'm gonna be in the toilet for the rest of the night. Like, I just don't know. I think that's my favorite part of SCD is I eat food and let's move on with your day. You know, it's not like, I'm gonna eat, we should probably stay home for the next hour and a half just to see how it all, I don't have that anymore. It's amazing.
0: Yeah, you don't have to plan your day around the bathroom. Yes. (laughs) It's
1: huge. Yeah, That's huge. Well, like pre-SCD, I was going to the bathroom, I would say between five and eight times a day. And I just thought that was normal, right? Like, okay, that's just normal. And now I'm like one a day and I'm like, wow, look yeah. at all the time I'm saving. And for me, it's always yes. been urgency, which is, it's difficult, right? Like driving your kids somewhere and you're like, I got to go Uh-oh. now. Oh yeah. Like yeah. now I got to go
0: now. Right.
1: We're right. now. Where, now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let me find a place right now. Yeah. 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 So 30 days. And I do tell people, you know, one thing we have to say is that the specific carbohydrate diet, and it doesn't matter which diet we're talking about. It could be the gaps diet, the specific carbohydrate diet. I want you guys to feel like this is applicable to you, even if you're on a different diet, because they all are very similar, but I -I AIP, um, the IBD aid, whatever it is, they're all very similar because they're taking away the sugars and the gluten and the dairy, that kind of thing. So Wherever you are, 30 days is really a good indicator. Mm-hmm. If you're doing it, and I, I really don't like that term, fanatical adherence. Yeah. I, I got to come up with another one. But if you're doing it to the letter, then 30 days is really about all you need. You could, if you're kind of on the border, you could give it a little bit more time. But if you're doing everything the way that it is meant to be done, 30 days is really long enough to say, is this having an impact? So I'm glad that you were able to figure that out in 30 days. And now, how long are we out when did this you started this like two two and a half years ago how Mm -hmm. long are we out from
1: yeah so april was two years so like two years and two months and would you say the
0: majority of that time you've done well have you had
1: some dips flares oh um yeah i've mostly done well um my i sometimes most of the time Um, if I ever run into issues, I have occasional constipation. And then if I have constipation, then I get a rectal tear. And then I have bleeding, which then talk about the mind game. You know, you're working this hard, you go to the bathroom and you wipe and there's any bit of blood, you're like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Right. And then I just go nuts, which that's another beautiful thing that you have taught me that I want your listeners to know is the first time that happens now, I go, hmm. (laughs) that's interesting. Whereas before I would have been firing off an email to you, firing off an email to my GI, calling a prescription in like, "Ah!" (laughs) freak out mode. And I'm like, okay, Hmm, that's interesting. And I do do myself a favor. I'll write it down the date, like when I notice it. right? Right. And I'm like, okay. And then two or three days later, I'll come back and revisit it. And if it's an issue still, I'll work on it. But for the most part, I would say I do have issues sometimes. Like recently I had a virus, not COVID, but I had some kind of upper respiratory thing. And then it kind of set me back a little bit. So I still have those issues, right? Like anybody with- uh, any auto- of,
0: Anything like that, a cold, a mm-hmm. virus, it, doesn't, it will set you back because it will make its way to your gut for sure. Yes. Yes. Yep. So that that's can, when you have to go back. And so that's a great question. So what is your place? Where do you go back to? Do you go back to the intro? Do you go back a couple steps? When you know that things yeah. are maybe if, – if I don't pay attention to this,
1: it's going to yeah. go south. Where do you go? I go to the Epsom salt bath. Okay. I sit in the bath to because what I'm thinking is I got some kind of inflammation. Something's not happy. Let's get that junk out. Let's get it out. little detox. So, yep. Detox that puppy out and I broth it up, baby. Yeah, broth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then – I might take a step away from, like, my um, nuts or, like, raw foods, things like that. I might take a step back towards cooked things or, like, so, yeah. um, maybe do some nut butter rather than the raw nuts, things like that. I'll just be a little gentle. So, like, things
0: that are a little bit harder to digest, you'll stay away from those things for a little while, and then you can be on your merry way again. Yes.
1: And usually, Karen, one of the – it's a little while. I'm saying, like, a day or two. Like, it's – I mean, it's not, like – Oh my gosh, back to the beginning. It's like, okay, let's take a step back, a couple of days, and then we'll move on. And it's just that mindset piece that you gave me is so, so huge because I don't need to sound the alarm and call out the infantry and, like, oh my gosh, the world is coming to an end. You're going to be on an IV in a hospital bed for <laughs> the rest of your life. Like, that's where I go. <laughs>
0: yeah. I have, I, I don't know. You can tell me because I forget on the podcast if I've mentioned this, but. I know I talk about it all the time with my clients, the hmm concept. Have I talked about that? On I don't think you have
1: because it was new to me in our session when we talked about it. Yeah, you need to So it three steps.
0: We, we oftentimes go to the alarm, right? I see blood yeah. in the toilet. And so we oftentimes get really freaked out about that. But one of the things that I talk about is about saying, instead of, oh my gosh, freak out. I got to go to the hospital. When it happens for the first time, you just say, hmm. Just, that's it. Just, hmm, that's interesting, right? And then I love how you're talking about, Karen, you write it down because our our mom brains are not going to keep it. We think we can do it. We think we can do it all. We think we're Wonder Woman. We think I'll remember that. But, and maybe you can't, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I can't. No, we can't, no. (laughs) I can't remember that. So the first time it happens, you're just going to kind of go, hmm. That's interesting. And right. And then you're going to kind of see does that pattern continue? But I, I probably need to talk about that more. But I yes. I, yes, I haven't talked
1: about that on the podcast before. And then the second step is then you're like, okay, so what action do I want to take about that? What would feel re- reasonable? And the other thing is that it's thoughtfully done, it's not reactive, it's not jump off at the first sign of any problem. It's I'm going to think about that. And sometimes, like you've talked about, your brain will work that stuff out as you sleep or your bot like i think stuff so, so much is happening that we're not con- giving conscious thought to but it's working itself out and then we come back to it and readdress it
0: exactly exactly
1: and so and now you're doing this
0: in a very methodical very mm-hmm. thoughtful very conscious process instead of going directly to just emotional overwhelm yep. well, yeah
1: well and i think before the option in my brain was denial or action and you oh, give yes. me a third, not denial or action, but mindfulness, awareness, hmm. And I literally say it out loud. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> what's,
0: what's up with that? I'll yeah. kind of be like, what's up with that? Hmm. <laughs> and, and and you have to do that, otherwise you, kinda, you can let yourself go crazy with all of yes. this. With so well, your brain's, brains. going to
1: be attending to it, whether you want it to, or at least mine does, right? Like if I don't- Everybody's it, does,
0: yes. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't attend to it, it's actually going to be so much worse when it yeah. actually comes out because your unconscious mind is doing it and it's going to come out in other ways, which is what I really want to get to, which is, it's so critical for us to talk about today. I talk so much about step-by-step food approaches mm-hmm. here on the podcast. And I talk so much about supplements and, and different things that you can do, but mainly food really. Mm-hmm. And something that I think doesn't give enough attention I don't give it enough attention. Actually, a podcast that came out two weeks ago, you haven't heard it yet, Karen. It's all about the mind. So you're going to love that one. Oh, good! Um, You guys are going to love that as well. So that's really where I want to go here. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about what role does in your wheel of wellness, we have the food, right? We have maybe supplements, maybe it's medication. Maybe there's a a movement plan, some Mm -hmm. sort of exercise that you do, but we cannot discount our mind and the power that that can have
1: at healing, right?
0: How has that played such a role for you?
1: So I want to take you back a little bit. The day I was diagnosed of UC, I remember going into the parking lot and just kind of having a moment. I'm not a big crier, but I had a moment. I was like, I have a thing. I have a thing now. Like for the rest of my life, I'm gonna have this thing. Like the doctor just told me, it's never going away. We can treat it, we can deal with it, but it's not like the flu, it's not like strep throat, it's not like an ear infection, I have a thing now. And my amazing mama always taught me, I remember I was getting ready to give birth to our first child and she said, honey, every baby has a thing. I want this baby to be perfect. He might have a thing today when he's born, he might have a thing later on in life, but every human has a thing. And so that was helpful because I think in my perfectionistic controlling nature, I wanna prevent having a thing. And this is one of my things, right? So just owning that I think has been helpful. For me, I am a person of the Christian faith. And so it's been a big mind game and it's, it's made me deep dive into what do I believe to be true about God? And why would he allow this thing to happen to me? I'm following the rules. I'm doing the right thing. Um, So that's been a really good journey for me, spiritually, just that he can still be good even if I have bad things in my life, that they're not at odds with each other. Um, And the idea that he is still sovereign because I'm doing all the right things, but I might still end up sick. And that's hard to let go of that control. That's so challenging, but to know that that's okay, whatever it is. Um, I think also um, just knowing that I have a responsibility to take care of my body, to, to be able to be the person that I'm supposed to be in my different spheres of influence, but there's only so much I can do. Like, fanatical adherence, yes, but I'm gonna do it like a B plus mom. There's gonna be times when I mess up and that's okay. Um, that my disease is not, something that God has given me because I'm bad or something like that. Like it's been amazing since I've, um, had this diagnosis. I obviously, like I said earlier, I have so much sympathy for people with dietary issues now, like I didn't have that before. And I have understanding when people say I have Crohn's or colitis, right? Like you hear of these diseases or things like that, but it's totally different when you've walked in that, when you've experienced that. Um, so. I feel like I can tell you the good things about it, but I also can tell you, like we're getting ready to go on vacation. It stinks that I have to make all my food before we go. I still don't like that. So it's that double dip feelings where I have both, right? There's times when I can look at this and be like, wow, like I have grown as a human because of this condition. This is amazing. Look at the relationships I can have with these other people because of this condition. But then I can also be like, this is really hard. Some days I don't feel like I have enough energy because of this. Some days I just am grumpy that I have this, right? And I just think that that's more of a human, normal thing to... Some days you wake up on the wrong side of the bed with it and you're just... It's not fair. Why me, you know? Um, I want to be able to... Everybody
0: has a thing.
1: Everybody. (laughs) Yes. Everybody. And sometimes people don't tell us their thing, you know? But you just know. It's your little way, like there's no Pinterest perfect. Like everybody's got a thing and oh. maybe they don't have their thing yet. Right. Like maybe everything's going smoothly, but you're going to get a thing. <laughs> right. My
0: my mom said something very similar, which was maybe a more negative one. But anyway, she would say like, nobody gets out of this life unscathed. Yes. When I was really young, I was diagnosed really young. I was 14 and And I would just, why me? Why me? Mm -hmm. I don't, why, why would this happen to me? You know? Mm -hmm. And my honey, no, you, you might be scathed earlier, but everybody has something. Everybody goes through this life and has something, or you know what? Some things, right. There's people with (laughs) dealing with issues that are so, so, so much worse. Mm -hmm. What I hear you saying, Karen, when it comes to mindset is that you want to make sure that you're just feeling all the feels mm-hmm. there's a, there's a lot of negative. There's a lot of downside and you're allowing yourself to say, yes. I'm going on a trip and I have to make my own food. And that really sucks. That's just <laughs> not fair. Right. Yes. But I'm going to do it because I know I'm going to have a better time on this trip. Yeah. If I'm healthy, if I'm safe. And then there's the positive things that have come out of it. Like the relationships that you have or the empathy and the understanding yes. that you have for other people now, which I feel like is a huge thing for me. I, mm-hmm. I didn't, I did, I learned a lot about having grace and empathy for other people and not being so judgmental of somewhere where, where somebody else is at in their life from this illness. So you have to take all the positive and negative feel it all, but yeah, but really allow yourself to feel it. Not the no denial there. Yes. Does that make sense?
1: Yes. And I think from you and other people, like you can't pass on what you don't possess. So if I don't have grace for myself when I misstep and I eat something with coconut sugar or, you know, whatever it is, if I don't give myself grace, I can't give my husband and my children and my family and friends grace. So it's been such an introspective journey. I was not expecting it to be that way. That when I misstep and I leave the yogurt out too long and it goes bad on the counter, you know, all the things like if I don't give myself grace when that happens, I'm not going to give my kid grace when they forget something. And that has been unbelievable because I'm a student again. Right. And right. You know, I have so much more empathy for my kids as they're learning and growing to be humans. You know, I'm like, you know what? We all make mistakes. It's really okay. And before I feel like I could have said that, but it wasn't from my core. It wasn't from my gut. And now I'm like, you know what? We all make mistakes. It is okay.
0: Right. It's one thing to say it. Another thing to really feel it deep down because you get it. Mm -hmm. And you go into this thinking, this is the diet, this Mm -hmm. is the food that's going to help me. But really, you come out a whole different person. Like, I just feel like, I mean, there was the the me prior to Crohn's, and then I went 20 years, and then I was a different person then. But then there's an even better me that came out Mm -hmm. after I decided I'm done with this. I'm, I'm, I am my advocate. I am doing what I think is best for me. And this is what I think is best for me. And there's an empowerment that comes with that. And as you go through whatever kind of healing diet you're on, it really changes who you are.
1: Mm -hmm. It it sounds so cliche and you're like, really, does it matter? But isn't there like that saying you are what you eat? Like (laughs) (laughs) exactly, exactly. So yeah, it's, you you go in
0: wanting to just feel better, but you Mm -hmm. come out just a better person overall. I mean, that sounds so saccharine, so sugary sweet, but, and, but if anybody who's listening has been through it, you know, what we're saying is absolutely true. Yeah.
1: Well, and I think if anyone's on the fence, like thinking, like, should I do it? Should I not? Like full disclosure, it's hard, but it's so worth it. And I feel you're going to feel emotionally better. You're going to feel physically better. You're going to feel relationally better. Like it just makes you I just think it makes you pause. It makes you slow down. I spend hours in my kitchen. So (laughs) I have lots of time to think now. (laughs) But you just look at life differently. You don't take things as for granted as much, like, because you can't just go, dr- you know, run through a drive through and grab something. I don't know. It just, it changes. And you're just so much more appreciative
0: of the food that you eat. Like, I, I know I've yeah. mentioned this before, but I remember eating a strawberry for the first time. Yeah. And now every time since I eat a strawberry, yeah. and nobody's eating a strawberry thinking, oh my gosh, this is the best thing I've ever had. Yeah. And how lucky am I to eat a strawberry? Right. But that's me. That's whenever I get to eat something I didn't get to eat before, I feel so blessed. I feel just, I I just can't believe this is my life.
1: For me, it's the huge salads. The salad, yeah. I'm like, I didn't go to the bathroom after that? Like not once, not twice, not no times. Like Uh it's, I can't believe that. Like a huge salad, huge salad.
0: So if somebody is thinking about doing this, I know, I don't know. You kind of dove in, right? You were like, this is the biologic thing isn't going to work for me. I'm going to dive in with this. But for somebody who's on the fence, who's really just sitting there waiting to figure out what's best for me, what would your advice be for them for any kind of gut healing diet that they're going to try?
1: Honestly, the first for me, because it's so jaded by medication is there's no easy in life. I just want people to hear that loud and clear. Like if you choose to do medicine, you might have side effects. You might have time given up because you're in the infusion center. Like, there's no easy. So I think like taking that off the table as like, what's the easiest choice? There's no easy choice
0: because <laughs> we all want that pill, right? That magic pill. Correct. I just take this and I'm better. There, yes, it doesn't matter with Crohn's and Colitis. It doesn't matter. There is no easy. Yes, correct. Yes.
1: So take that puppy off the table. Let's not even deal with him. Um, and then I would just say, are you willing? to try something non-conventional. I think something else that you and I should mention is that we're both homeschooling moms. So we are non-conventional women. Like we are think outside the box ladies. Like, so that it's, so that's a hard question for me because I always think outside the box. I'm always like um, kind of going against the norm, you know? Like, well, what do I think? How would I, what lands on me well? Um, I just wanted to have some control. I think that's what it comes down to too. I felt like going with the medication route didn't feel like I was, involved in the decision so much. It felt like I would be like on the outside looking in.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And again, it's everybody has to find their own wheel of wellness, but I just hope somewhere in there, somewhere there's a food component, because Mm -hmm. if there's one thing I know, it's that food makes a difference.
1: It just doesn't make any logical sense that it wouldn't. It just doesn't.
0: Yeah. And if you have a doctor who's telling you food doesn't matter, just that, that makes bye. no sense. Yeah. Goodbye. Yeah, And I, you know, I don't, I, I do not like to doctor bash and I give doctors their credit and due because they have so much value. But if you have a doctor who's telling you food has nothing to do with your illness and you can eat whatever you want run because, because mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it's absolutely just not true.
1: I will also say this about diet. My GI, before she suggested SCD, suggested low FODMAP. I found low FODMAP confusing. I found it harder to follow. I just liked the systematic stage one, stage two, stage three, stage four, five, was more clear to me. So I would also encourage people to look no don't overwhelm yourself with like decision overload right but take like two diets I know you've done the great podcast episodes comparing the different diet plans but take two and say which one would work best for me like don't look at all of them because that's too much that's too too hard of a decision but between the two which would be the best fit for you
0: and if you are questioning that I have to just say get in touch with me because I can tell you, because when you're saying that, I'm thinking, okay, well, if you have these symptoms, FODMAPS is going to be best for you. And if you are presenting in this way, SCD is going to be best for you. And then within all of that, we have to marry your life in with all of that too. And so if you're really questioning it, that is my sweet spot. So you got to get in touch because I can help you kind of figure all of that out. Yes.
1: Well, and the other thing about getting in touch with you, like my family and friends have been so supportive and so understanding, but it's almost like they just listen to me. They don't really have feedback to give back to me well why don't you try this well why don't you try that because none of them have done it you know so i just want to encourage your listeners invest in yourself invest in your family by taking care of yourself none of these things are without financial cost but they're worth it the diets cost more money at first until you learn you know your workaround and things like this working with a health coach going to a naturopath, like all these things cost but not taking care of yourself costs greater
0: Yep. So true. So I wish there there was a less expensive way to do all of this, but there, the truth is it does all of these things. And mostly, at least in the United States, you're not using insurance for these things. Right. So I get it. These things are expensive, but it's about maybe picking and choosing the ones that you think work best for you, but yeah. investing in you, because otherwise you're going to be paying for it in yeah. another way. Yeah. Yeah, And I
1: love that you, when we work together, you know I'm a cheapskate. So you're like, hey, eat some sauerkraut. We're not buying the probiotics, you know?
0: (laughs) Oh, right, 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 right. Yes, there are so many workarounds and, you know, for whatever it it could be cost. It could be a lifestyle issue, whatever it is. There's ways to figure, there's ways to figure it out. There's ways to do it less expensive. Mm -hmm. You just have to dive in with whatever calls to you.
1: I would say, just give it a shot. And I know you've said this, we didn't plan this out of time, 30 days. You can do anything for 30 days.
0: Right, 30, 30 days. days. It's not that happens. much Mm-mm. and just see what happens. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts before we wrap
1: up? Anything that you want to just share before we say goodbye? Um, I would just really encourage your listeners. Like it has been a joy and a pleasure in life Changing to work with you as a client one on one. I am an avid podcast listener. Um, I love the newsletters and you know emails you send out and things like that. But working with you one on one is so individually tailored. I had never worked with a health coach before. I had never paid for anybody other than insurance, you know, provider kind of things before. But it has been revolutionary, and it's the cornerstone to my success. Like it would not have been possible because there's so many stages of this, right? There's the, Karen, I don't know how to use my instant pot to make yogurt. And then there's the, I'm going on a trip. How does that work? And then there's the, I'm going to a restaurant. What happens there? Then there's the, I'm not feeling so good. What do I do? There's all these different stages where um, you and I aren't continually working with each other, but I know in my, Hmm, thought, I can always say, I got to call Karen. I got to email Karen. I got to text Karen. So you really, really, really need to build up the entirety of your wheel of wellness. And Karen Haley is the boss.
0: Oh, you are so sweet. And you're just a doll. I just absolutely love you, adore you. It it started with the why thing, right? It started where we had that connection. But since then, two and a half years later, and here we still are in touch Mm -hmm. all the time. Yes, I'm so thankful for you. I'm so grateful for you. I'm glad you're in my life. And thank you for coming on the podcast.
1: Welcome, my pleasure.
0: So that was illuminating, wasn't it? I love how Karen took such a negative challenge in her life and she found a way to turn things around. And I think she would say that she feels healthier now than way before IBD even came into her life. She's living intentionally now B plus all the way, but with intention, with intuition, faith, and this overwhelming need to live her best life. And I know she's an inspiration for me and I hope that she was inspiring to you. I hope that you felt that way as you were listening to her story. Now, I want to share with you one last thing before we wrap up today. I mentioned this in last week's episode, and I just want to give you a quick reminder before we hop off. I am about to enact my wait list again for my private health coaching clients, and I have to be really honest with you and tell you that I hate it. I really dislike it when I have to do this. But from time to time, I have to make sure that I am best serving my current clients and having a balanced life of my own. I've gotta practice what I preach, so I gotta do that. So if you've been thinking about working with someone who holds your hand, who walks you step by step on your gut healing journey, who has some new and different ideas that maybe you haven't heard of before, if you wanna get some clarity on your goals for your gut health, if you want to move past uncertainty and feeling overwhelmed, That place where we all have been before when we just aren't living in our sweet spot of gut healing and thriving in life. It's your time, mama. It's your time and this is your wake-up call. Join me on a free 30-minute IBD consultation and let's just figure out your gut healing path together. The link to book a session with me is karenhaley.com forward slash consult. It's karenhaley.com forward slash consult consult. And as you probably already know, my mama had to be a little different and spell my name with a Y. So it's K-A-R-Y-N-H-A-L-E-Y. And that's dot com forward slash consult. Those free consultations, they're going away soon. My one-on-one clients are going on a wait list soon. So take advantage of this opportunity while you can. I want to thank Karen so much for joining us today. And I want to thank you. Thanks for hanging out with me until the end. I'm sending you peace, love, and all the good things of this summer season. Enjoy it, I hope. If you want to chat about this episode or you have an IVD-related question, you know I am all ears. I'm all eyes and mouth and all the senses, all the feels. Get in touch with me. Hello at KarenHaley.com is my email address. That's the best way to get in touch. Hello at KarenHaley.com. And I hear you. I see you. I love getting in touch with you. I can't wait to connect. It's really I have to say, it's my favorite thing about this podcast is that it gives me the opportunity to connect with you. So until we meet again, I'm wishing you a cheeky and healthy gut healing journey. Chat soon.